Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, There's a very interesting piece I'd like to start off with. And by the way, don't miss Hour 2. I'm going to be announcing the book signing locations. You folks who live around the Reagan Library area, you're going to want to pay close attention. First come, first serve. But we have uh, big announcements, Hour 2. It's a piece in the Rolling Stone by a fella by the name of Matt Tabby. Uh, I understand he's quite liberal. But he's also been quite sober when it comes to this so-called Russia collusion stuff. I know, Rolling Stone, pretty amazing. In the title of the piece the other day, the press will learn nothing from the Russiagate fiasco. The inability to face the enormity of the last few years of errors will cost the news media its credibility, even with blue state audiences. Now, I can't read the whole thing, but I do want to read some of it to you. says, you know what was fake news? Most of the Russiagate story. There was no Trump-Russia conspiracy. That thing we just spent three years chasing. The Mueller report is crystal clear on this. He didn't just fail to establish evidence of a crime. His report is full of incredibly damning passages, like one about Russian officialdom's efforts to reach the Trump campaign after the election. Quote, they appeared not to have pre-existing context and struggled to connect with the senior officials around the president-elect, unquote. Not only was there no collusion, the two camps didn't even have each other's phone numbers. In March of 2017, in one of the first of what would become a mountain of mafia, hierarchy-style Trump-Russia contacts graphics in major newspapers, the Washington Post described an email Trump lawyer Michael Cohen sent to the Kremlin press secretary, Dmitry Peskov. They called it, quote, the most direct interaction yet of a top Trump aide and a senior member of Putin's government. The report shows the whole episode was a joke. In order to further the Trump Tower project that never was, Cohen literally cold emailed the Kremlin. More than that, he entered the email incorrectly, so the letter initially didn't even arrive. When he finally fixed the mistake, Peskov didn't answer back. That was the most direct interaction yet of a top Trump aide and a senior member of Putin's government, quote-unquote. As outlined in his initial mandate, Mueller explored any links between the Russian government and the campaign of Donald Trump. His conclusion spoke directly to the question of whether there was any kind of quid pro quo between the two sides. It says, quote, 
The investigation examined whether these contacts involved or resulted in coordination or a conspiracy with the Trump campaign in Russia, including with respect to Russia providing assistance to the campaign in exchange for any sort of favorable treatment in the future. In other words, all those fancy org charts were meaningless because there was no conspiracy. All those walls are closing in reports are, are there and there were a ton of them were wrong. We were told we'd hit turning point after turning point, leading to the beginning of the end. Would Trump certain soon to either resign in shame, Nixon style, or to be impeached? The RNC platform chain story was a canard, according to Mueller. The exchanges Trump figures had with Ambassador Sergei Kislikov were, quote, brief, public, and non-substantive, unquote. The conversations Jeff Sessions had with Kislyak at the, at the convention didn't, quote, include any more than a passing mention of the presidential campaign, unquote. Mueller added, quote, investigators did not establish that Carter Page conspired with the Russian government, unquote. There was no blackmail, no secret bribe from Rosenft, no five-year cultivation plan. No evidence of any kind of any relationship that ever existed between the Trump campaign and Russia officials. And Michael Cohen never traveled to Prague. The whole Steele dossier appears to have been bunk. With even Bob Woodward now saying the highly questionable document needs to be investigated. The Times similarly is reporting two plus years late, that would be the New York Times, that people familiar with Steele's work began to have misgivings about the report's reliability arose not long after the document became public. Reporters are going to insist all they did was accurately report the developments of a real investigation. And you heard Jeff Zucker say that, the head of CNN. They didn't imply vast criminality that wasn't there or hoodwink audiences into thinking a Watergate-style ending was just around the corner, or routinely blow meaningless episodes like the Sessions-Kislyak meeting out of proportion, or regularly smear people who not only weren't part of a conspiracy, but had no connection to anything. The law claimed they didn't spend years openly rooting for indictment and impeachment via wish-casted predictions disguised as reporting and commentary, or denouncing people who doubted the conspiracy as spies and Putin apologists, or clearing their broadcast panels and op-ed pages of skeptics while giving big stages to craving conspiracy spinners like Malcolm Nance and Luke Harding. That's fine. In the short term, a significant portion of the country will probably agree coverage was appropriate. Probably the same sizable plurality of poll respondents who say they disagree on some level with Mueller's findings. A lot of people out there despise Trump. And at least right now, will be inclined to sympathy for broadcasters and editorialists who gave full quarter to the most damning theories of conspiracy and criminality in the Russian case. That is conservatives found in 2016. News audience over time lose trust in news organizations that tell them what they want to hear politically, but get the substance of things wrong. So he's talking about like the weekly standard that doesn't exist and so forth. Not anymore. The Mueller report makes clear reporters were sold wolf whistles over and over, led by reams of unnamed officials, unofficial sources, who urged them to see meaning in meaningless things and assume connections that weren't there. Reporters should be furious 
about being fed these red herrings, right? Mr. Philip Bump, they should be outraged at all those people who urged them to publish the Steele report, which might have led to a career-imperiling mistake in print. They should be mad as hell at CIA chief Gina Haspel and the other unnamed officials who told them disclosing the name of already long ago exposed government informant Stephen Halper would risk lives. More than anything, reporters should be furious at the many sources close to the various investigations who, it now seems clear, must have known pretty early there were serious holes in many areas of this story and that a lot of these dots were dead ends but didn't warn their press counterparts. For instance, that papers should be mad. Those who supposedly had misgivings about the Steele report didn't warn them earlier. But they're not mad. They're not mad, which makes it look like a case of intentional blindness, in which eyes and ears were shut, among other things, because the Trump-Russia conspiracy tale made a ton of money. Media companies earned BOFO ratings, while the Mueller probe still carried the drama of a potential spectacular ending, with blue state audiences eating up all those walls are closing in hot takes. This fiasco will surely end up being a net plus for Trump. The obstruction parts of the report make him look like a brainless goon and thug, and I strongly disagree with that, but this is a liberal writer. But the absence of what Mueller repeatedly calls underlying crime make his ravings about an elitist mob out to get him look justified. This is not an easy thing to achieve, but we are, we're there. And the press is a big part of that picture. News audiences were betrayed. And sooner or later, even the most virulently Trump-despising demographics will realize it and tune us out. The only way to reverse the damage is to own how big a screw-up this was. But after the last three years, who would hold their breath waiting for that? Here and there, ladies and gentlemen, there are leftists in the media warning their colleagues. And yet, they're going further. They're pushing this obstruction of justice canard. They're pushing impeachment. MSNBC, CNN, Unfortunately, some individuals on Fox. New York Times, Washington Post, the usual suspects. Rather than any circumspection, rather than to say, wait a minute, we better slow down here. We really blew this. The top editor of the New York Times thinks they did a grand job. The head of CNN thinks they did a grand job. Look Look at how cocky still. These phony journalists particularly on cable, still are. Telling us that really everything they did was right. Look at the Philip Bumps over at the Washington Post. It's appalling. The media are destroying freedom of the press. Not President Trump. Not me. Not the government. The media are destroying themselves. You and I are trying to save them, but they won't listen. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hey, 
Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. wrap this up here the other side of this Jim Rutenberg was a Times news correspondent term columnist and this is in the new book on freedom of the press as well and he wrote a piece on October 7 2016 and he explained the mindset of the newspaper and the media at large here's what he said just a little piece of it if you're a working journalist and you believe that Donald J. Trump is a demagogue playing to the nation's worst racist and nationalistic tendencies, that he cozies up to anti-American dictators, and that he would be dangerous with control of the United States nuclear codes, how the heck are you supposed to cover him? If you believe all those things, you have to throw out the textbook American journalism has been using for the better part of a half century, if not longer, and approach it in a very, uh, and approach it in a way You've never approached anything in your career. If you view a Trump presidency as something that's potentially dangerous, then your reporting is going to reflect that. You would move closer than you've ever been to being oppositional. That's uncomfortable and uncharted territory for every mainstream non-opinion journalist I've ever known, and by normal standards, untenable. But the question that everyone is grappling with is, do normal standards apply? And if they don't, what should take their place? It may not always seem fair to Mr. Trump or his supporters, but journalism shouldn't measure itself against any one campaign's definition of fairness. It is journalism's job to be true to the readers and viewers and true to the facts in a way that will stand up to history's judgment. To do anything less would be untenable. Listen to the sanctimony. It's tripping. And they're the opposite of what they say. Now, as I explain, the abandonment of objective truth, and worse, the rejection of the principles and values of America's early press and revolutionaries, is not new for the Times. It long predates the Trump presidency, and it has led the Times and other media outlets into a very bleak and dark place, destructive of the press as a crucial institution for a free people. If newsrooms and journalists do not act forthwith and with urgency, to fundamentally transform their approach to journalism, which sadly is highly unlikely. Their credibility will continue to erode and may well reach a point soon where it is irreparably damaged with a large portion of the citizenry, and rightly so. The media will not only marginalize themselves, but they will continue to be the greatest threat to freedom of the press today. Not President Trump or his administration, 
but the current practitioners of what used to be journalism. Used to be journalism. And that is how I end on freedom of the press. This is very, very, very important. This subject is very important. And, you know, it's interesting. Jim Acosta and his publicist, his book is published by Harper. They've been contacting some of the news outlets they hate in order to get Jim Acosta some attention. You see, maybe he'll start fighting with hosts. He'll create drama. This they like. This they want to do. Uh, It's already up on Amazon. He's doing very, very poorly there. Uh, It's early on. The left will try and uh, uh, come to his uh, rescue. But who knows? Uh, But it's clear how unethical that man is to be writing a book on the subject of your daily coverage at CNN. And you should see the hyperbole they use over there that they've put on Amazon. Not Amazon, but the publisher puts the information on Amazon. The enemy of the state, how dangerous it is, how difficult it is to be a reporter during the Trump presidency. Well, how dangerous is it? Did somebody get hurt? It's more dangerous to wear a MAGA hat and walk in certain neighborhoods and communities or certain events in this country, including at the national capital, than it is to be a journalist. No, no, journalism is is a highly questionable profession today. It just is, given the nature of what's been done. One of the areas that has troubled me a lot, and we've talked about it, and I read the transcript to you out loud, was Charlottesville, and how the press and the Democrat Party continue to push, push the narrative that the President of the United States was saying there are good Nazis and bad Nazis and good Klansmen and bad Klansmen. He said there's good people on both sides. By that he meant protesters. Not the Nazis, not the Klansmen. Protesters. Protesters. Some who wanted to take down the Robert E. Lee statue with Robert E. Lee on the horse. Some who said no. Some who want to do the modern equivalent of book burning and some who say no. It's not a matter of whether you endorse Robert E. Lee. Certainly not the Confederacy. That's on the Democrats. It's a matter of history. Who's next? What's next? And that was the president's point. That's my point. That's the point of a lot of people. And I said at the time, and I'll say it again. Why don't we ban the Democrat Party? Robert E. Lee was a Democrat after all. The Confederacy was represented mostly by a Democrat Party. The Democrat Party that fought for slavery and segregation. Why don't we ban the Democrat Party? I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. 
And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers in Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's in Primus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Thank you, sir. Joe Biden announced today. Yeah, I know. Joe Biden announced today in Charlottesville by video. Caught one, go. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. It was there on August of 2017 we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and burying the fangs of racism, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans. Whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't that when we first learned of Antifa, Mr. Producer? And weren't they wearing their own hoods and masks and everything else? Go ahead. And a brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Now, wait a minute. This is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden is a liar. He's lied his entire career. He's using the same Saul Lansky tactics that he used against Robert Bork and Clarence Thomas, among others, against the President of the United States. And the media have done this, too. The President of the United States, I spent an hour on this a few weeks ago, going through the transcript, sentence by sentence with you. Never, ever talked about some fine people among the Nazis and the Klansmen. Never, ever did he say that. He said some very fine people on both sides. There were many protesters there. Many who were not Klansmen, who were not neo-Nazis, who didn't want the statue pulled down. Not because they were Robert E. Lee fans, not because they were fans of the Confederacy, but they're the fans of history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They were the modern anti-book-burning movement. Yes, there were Nazis there, or neo-Nazis, and, and Klansmen, and so forth, and Antifa. The president wasn't talking about good people within those organizations. Is that what he said? No. And yet they insist on putting these words in his mouth and interpreting it for us. It's really quite an enormous disgrace. And he brings it up in his video, his announcement. Go ahead. Find people on both sides. With those words, 
the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against No, he didn't. And Antifa spreads hate. Antifa is a Marxist organization. It's a militia. A violent militia. You don't have to pick one or the other, ladies and gentlemen. You can condemn them all. I condemn the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, the Klansmen, and Antifa. Why won't Biden do the same? Why won't Biden do the same? And if they want to get run against Donald Trump, why don't they actually run against what he says and means, what he actually does, rather than creating a caricature to run against? Because they feel that's the only way, only way they can win. Do you think Benjamin Netanyahu would be embracing a neo-Nazi? Do you think the people of Israel, where Donald Trump is the most popular person in the entire country, would be embracing a Klansman? Is this not the dumbest thing you've ever heard? Go ahead. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. Oh, you, you, are, you are such a pathetic joke. Such a pathetic joke. Actually, you're the greatest threat in a lifetime. I'm going to cut from there and go directly to Cut 6, Mr. Producer, where Joe Biden and NPR in 1975, what he actually, actually said. 1975, cut six, go. There are those of we social planners who think somehow that if we just subrogate man's individual characteristics and traits by making sure that a presently a heterogeneous society becomes a totally homogeneous society, that somehow we're going to solve our social ills. And quite to the contrary, I think the concept of busing, which implicit in that concept is the question you just asked, or the the statement within the question you just asked, that we are going to integrate people so that they all have the same access and they learn to grow up with one another and, and, and all the rest, is a rejection of the whole movement of black pride is a rejection of the entire black awareness concept where black is beautiful, black culture should be studied, and a cultural awareness of the importance of their own identity, their own individuality. And I think that's a healthy, solid proposal. He thinks segregation, self-segregation and segregation generally is a health, healthy, solid proposal. Because he's, he's lined up with these organizations and these groups, the whole movement. A whole movement. Now, you can be a guest busing as I would have been and reject what Joe Biden said here and reject it strongly. Strongly. He is rejecting integration, assimilation, diversity among and between people of various races in this statement that's what he's doing he's lining up with what was the black segregationist movement in the 60s and 70s there's nothing wrong with black pride or having pride of your ancestry at all but that's not what we're talking about we're not talking about pride 
we're talking about integration, assimilation versus segregation. And no, segregation is not a matter of black pride. Donald Trump never said anything like this. I am not reworking Joe Biden's words the way they are reworking Donald Trump's words. And with NPR in 1975, Joe Biden, cut seven, go. I think that part of the reason why much of this has not developed, much of the change has not developed, is because it has been an issue that has been in the hands of the racist. And we liberals have out of hand rejected it because if George Wallace is for it, it must be bad. And so we haven't really looked at it. Now there's a confluence of streams. There is academic ferment against it. Not majority, but academic ferment against it. There are young blacks and young white leaders against it. There is social unrest which highlights it. And now the Hubert Humphreys of the Senate might be required to go back and relook like they didn't look in the past at it. Now, maybe he has gone back and looked at it. I, He's talking I'm about like, integration here, that Humphrey needs to go back and look at it. Go ahead. Implying that Hubert Humphrey did this just out of hand. But I know myself to make the transition of how do I legislate it specifically. Give you my word as a Biden, I put in over 100 hours, by far, I would say close to 300 hours, on just torturing this thing, meeting with leaders, meeting with the people on my staff, calling my staff together, um, uh, and the blacks in my staff together saying, oh, look, this is what I think. Do you think I am? I mean, is there something in me that's deep-seated that I don't know? What do you, I mean, it really is a hard, hard thing, especially when you pictured yourself and been pictured by others, even even though you have a short career by your peers as being someone who, you know, has been out front the other way. I remember in law school, I was considered a raging liberal. Uh, as a lawyer, I'm considered, you know, uh, you know, I'm, gee, I must be wacky. Who'd represent anybody, a member of the Black Panthers? Boy, he's, he's quite uh, rambling and incoherent. Uh, but besides that, why couldn't he just say? I believe in diversity, assimilation, integration. I don't agree with busing. But he couldn't, and he wouldn't, because he was straddling a line. Because back then in 1975, there were people in Delaware who were adamantly against integration. And there were people in Delaware adamantly for it. It was a split state, as it was split during the Civil War. There was. The northern part of Delaware was with the north. The southern part of Delaware was mostly with the south. Just as Maryland was a split state. Just as Virginia actually split. But this is Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden. In 1975, when it mattered. And today, today he issues a video in which he's trying to suggest that the President of the United States is endorsing neo-Nazis and white supremacists and Klansmen. And he's saying it. He's not even trying to say it. Because Joe Biden, in the end, is a character assassin. Not a nice guy. Not lunch bucket Joe. There's Joe smiling with his dentures about to fall out of his face. No. 
He's a very nasty man. He's done a lot of damage over the years. He's destroyed a lot of reputations and a lot of people. That's the real Joe Biden. That's the 1975 Joe Biden. And so what does he do? He projects onto Donald Trump. He projects onto Donald Trump. I challenge everyone and anyone. You go back and you read the transcript of what Donald Trump said. And you will see how the propagandists are twisting his words. The reason why it would sound absolutely incredible that a president of the United States would talk about Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis as there being some good Klansmen and neo-Nazis and white supremacists. Unimaginable, right? It's because he didn't do it. And even here, while he's lying about Trump, he couldn't criticize Antifa. He couldn't criticize white supremacy, neo-Nazism, the Klansmen, and Antifa. He celebrated Antifa. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound, to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community help students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Joe Biden was the vice president under Barack Obama in the most anti-Semitic administration since Franklin Roosevelt's, as you'll learn in Unfreedom of the Press. The New York Times and others who keep trying to paint the President of the United States as an anti-Semite and a racist, you're also going to learn that the New York Times was a thoroughly anti-Semitic paper, particularly during the Third Reich, and did more damage to the Jewish people in covering up the Holocaust and keeping that information from the American people as well as people throughout the world than the Klan could ever have done. What does that make the New York Times? Neo-Nazis? What does that make the people who work for the New York Times? White supremacists? Oh, you're going to learn a lot. Trust me on this. Trust me on this. Joe Biden, you've got a lot of answering to do, pal. You've got a lot of answering to do for your administration. And you want to talk about African Americans? What exactly did Obama, Biden do for African Americans? What exactly did they do for the employment of African-Americans? Oh, yeah, Joe, you got a record there, brother. You got a record. 
and it's going to be examined carefully. No, no, no. Not by the media that have a fetish with you, but by people who know who you are. By the rest of us. Now, I am not going to be silenced. I'm not going to be silenced about the real racists in the history of the real racists in this country. I'm not going to be silenced about the real anti-Semites in this country. In the party that Joe Biden leads. And his boss, Barack Obama, unleashed them. Now they're cheered. Omar is cheered. Talib is cheered. Keith Ellison is cheered. Farrakhan is an important part of the Democrat left. Oh, yes, he is. And we, the American people, have put up with this long enough. Long enough. With the party of slavery and segregation, the party of Jim Crow, the party of Omar and Talib and Aach and Keith Ellison, and down the road, down the list, they point at the man who's president of the United States. The man who's president of the United States, who's hired more African Americans, who's hired more Latinos, who's hired more Asians, who's hired more whatever Americans, fill in the blank, than all of his critics combined times a hundred. And it's not just him to whom they refer. It's us. It's we the people who dare to vote for him, who dare to support him. They are attacking you and me. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well... We're going to announce my various book signings, but there's one in particular that I look forward to every time I have a book, and that's the Reagan Library. And all you folks who are interested in going to the Reagan Library, who live near the Reagan Library, although when I go there, we have people coming from all over the country, even all over the world, you're going to want to listen to this, because I have the director of the Reagan Library and Foundation, he's a dear friend of mine. And we do this every two years, John Highbush. John, how are you, my friend? I am great. How are you, my good friend? Doing very, very well. Well, I'm going to let you make the announcement. You go right ahead. You're too kind, Mark. Well, Mark will be returning to the Reagan Library, thank goodness, on Saturday, June the 8th. Now, the event is at 6 o'clock p.m., here, uh, but he'll be signing books starting at 1.30 in the afternoon. That's how many people are going to be in line. Mark's always, always draws the biggest crowd here. So at 1.30 until 5.30, Mark will be signing his new book on freedom of the press. Then at 6 o'clock on Saturday, June 8th, we're going to have Mark on stage for a terrific interview. And then we hope that everyone who comes can join us for dinner 
at 7 o'clock until 8.30 under the wings of Air Force One. So, Mark, we are so, so much looking forward to this. Nobody looks forward to it more than I, John. You have a tremendous facility in honor of the great president, Ronald Reagan. You have a wonderful staff. Everybody's treated like a king and a queen. Uh, I try to, uh, to talk to everybody personally. I try to sign and do sign everybody's books. We have a wonderful time during the question and answer sessions, and, uh, and it's always a wonderful dinner. Now, here's the thing. You sell out literally in 15, 20, 30 minutes. So I want you to tell everybody how they can get their tickets, how they can get started, uh, and it's first come, first serve. So all you folks who have been waiting, now is the time to act. Go ahead, John. That's right, Mark. So if you go to reaganfoundation.org forward slash Mark Levin, uh, we will take your reservation right away. And as you know, Mark, uh, the last time you came here, you, uh, you sold out faster than any other guest we've had in our history, and usually in about 12 minutes. So it's reaganfoundation.org forward slash Mark Levin. If you want to come, I would register right now. Otherwise, you might not get through the doors, and we'd love to have you here. We're also posting that on my social sites, folks. So you can go through there, too. If you're there now uh, on my Facebook or Twitter sites, you'll see it there, too. What is the general website at the Reagan Library? Reaganfoundation.org, Mark. Uh, and it's just filled with everything and everything Ronald Reagan. It's a terrific site. And uh, right now, if you go to it, you'll see a nice, beautiful photograph of Mark Levin speaking oh, at the Reagan Library. So it's, it's just going to be great to have you, Mark. So reaganlibrary.org, they can, they can go there, too, and figure out how to sign up, right? That's right. That's right. You guys, and that's the smartest way to make a re, make your registration is go straight to the website. Uh, and, and we'd be delighted to have everyone who's within the sound of our voice. Now, folks, I want you to know I'm only doing four book signings. And as you're about to find out, I'm doing two in one weekend. So I'm real, it's really only three weekends. And in terms of serious travel, this is the only serious travel out to uh, Simi Valley. And uh, you've done something wonderful there, too, as far as the Levin family is concerned. There's a bench out there uh, in honor of and in memory of my parents. Yeah, there sure sure is, Mark. In fact, when you enter into the Reagan Auditorium uh, uh, and you look to your right, you'll see a great painting of President Reagan drawn by who else but your dad, Jack. And then if you look to your left... Uh, just outside in this beautiful vista overlooking the valley in the Pacific Ocean is a beautiful wooden bench that, that has a plaque on it. I sit on it uh, often, Mark. I sit on this bench, and it's got a nice plaque dedicated to you, uh, your dad, Jack, and your mom, Norma. So it's a very special place, for, especially for Levin fans to visit. And I've never seen that bench, you know, in person. So this is uh, this is going to be very important, and, and many members of my family are going to be there, too. So reaganlibrary.org, I'm in there now. There it is. You can get you can get signed up very, very quickly. Lecture, book signing, dinner. And I'm not kidding. How many, how many seats are available? About 1,500, Mark. And, and, and here's a special thing. Because you always sell out so fast, what we do is for all those who don't make it into the – immediate auditorium to see you for those that are interested after we sell out from the main auditorium you can still come and you can watch mark on a huge movie screen that we set up in the air force one pavilion under the wings of air force one so you can if you can't get directly in the auditorium you can still come and see mark and get a copy of his book and 
and uh, join him for dinner uh, later on in the evening. So uh, what an honor to have you again, Mark. Thank you so much for coming. No, it's, it's, trust me, it's my great honor. I, I, I feel that if people don't sign up quickly, you know, people think we're just telling them this, John. Yeah. What's going to happen in about 15 or 20 minutes is people are going to be disappointed. It'll be sold out. And, and so uh, if you want to come, you really ought to act now. It's, it's really important because otherwise we just hate turning people away. Is it ReaganLibrary.org or ReaganFoundation.org? ReaganFoundation.org. And specifically for this event, to get there quick, you just go to ReaganFoundation.org forward slash Mark Levin. Although I'm looking at your homepage, as you say, you can go to ReaganFoundation.org, and it's all right there, too. So the book signings, one thirty to 5.30. Then we have a program for an hour uh, with you all and me. That's right. And then dinner at 7 until we're done. It is really a wonderful full day, pretty much. That's what it is. It is. And, I, what, you know, what's neat is to have thousands of people here that day that are your fans, Mark, because they're just the best people. It's just just terrific to welcome here. Welcome and, I'll t- and I'll tell you something, John. You're a longtime conservative. Am I allowed to say that? I think I can. You and can. you're a Reaganite of forever. Yep. This is a very, very important book on freedom of the press. It's, it is a very, very important book. It's, it's written so it's very understandable, very comprehensible, and that it flows very quickly. You know, Cal Thomas, the great columnist, I sent him an advanced copy last week. He read it in a day and a half. <laughs> and he was praising it and the scholarship and how it flowed and the information in there. So it's very important that people get this book. You can come to the library. We're going to have a wonderful time. And, John Highbush, I want to thank you. Now, you, you email me later and tell me how we've done, okay? You bet I will, Mark. We're just, it's just an honor to welcome you out here. So we're looking forward to it. Well, God bless you, man. You, you take too, care Mark. of yourself. You- All right. That's a big deal. And I hope those of you who are in and around the area, KRLA country and others, I hope you'll jump in because this will be done in minutes, literally. And I love seeing you there. So many wonderful, wonderful patriots. Now let me talk about the other book signings. The first weekend. The first weekend is the biggest challenge, believe it or not, because it's the holiday weekend. Bookends in New Jersey, Saturday, May 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. These will all be posted on my homepage, on marklevinshow.com, on my radio website, and they've been posted on my social sites. Saturday, May 25th, 1 p.m. Bookends on Ridgewood Avenue in Ridgewood, New Jersey. They are a wonderful, wonderful local bookstore. The next day on Sunday... May 26th, 1 p.m., book review in Huntington, New York, 313 New York Avenue, Huntington, New York, book review. Google it. It's right there, 1 p.m. So that's Saturday and Sunday. On a weekend, they say, you can't sell books that weekend. I said, you don't know who you're talking to. We've got a zillion patriots. And then June 1st, the next weekend, Saturday, June 1st, 10 a.m., Barnes & Noble, at Tyson's Corner Center, Tyson's Corner Mall in McLean, Virginia. June 1st, 10 a.m., Saturday, Barnes & Noble, Tyson's Corner Mall, and the Tyson's Corner Center in McLean, Virginia. These will all be listed. They are listed on my homepage on marklevinshow.com, as well as all our social sites right now. But tonight, you need to be thinking of the Reagan Library. Those of you all over California and in that area. And by the way, it is a wonderful thing to do. I have family coming and friends we're bringing to. 
we just have a blast. We really do. And it's a full day. And you'll get to see the library. Those of you who haven't seen the library, it is a spectacular place. Absolutely spectacular. And that's Saturday, June 8th. It starts at 11 p.m. Excuse me, 1.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m., the book signing. 6 to 7 p.m. is uh, we have our talk about the book. 7 p.m. we have dinner. And people who have done this before will tell you I am very accessible uh, as much as I can be. And it's a very, very important trip for my family and me every few years, especially this year. And that's it. Now, those of you who can't make these book signings, I hope you'll go to Amazon.com and pre-order a copy of your book. It's 40% off. We've got to figure out ways to save this republic. We've got to figure out ways to advance the cause again of liberty. We must do this. We must do this. All right, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. attempts to uh, destroy Trump's character. Here he is at his press conference, August 15, 2017. Cut three, go. President, are you putting what you're calling the alt-left and white supremacists on the same moral plane? I'm not putting anybody on a moral plane. What I'm saying is this. You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other and they came at each other with clubs and it was vicious and it was horrible and it was a horrible thing to watch. But there is another side. There was a group on this side, you can call them the left, you've just called them the left, that came violently attacking the other group. So you can say what you want, but that's the way it is. And and by the way, he's talking about Antifa, violently attacking the other group. Go ahead. There was hatred, there was violence on both sides. Well, I do think there's blame, yes. I think there's blame on both sides. You look at you look at both sides. By the way, stop. You notice how they won't even let him finish? They want to put words in his mouth. They are desperate for him to be what they want him to be, not what he is. Go ahead. There's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. And, 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 and if you reported it accurately, you would say. That sounds like Jim Acosta, doesn't it? Go ahead. You had some very bad people in that group, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Now, and stop. This is where they're trying to say he said that you had fine people among the neo-Nazis. When he says you had good people on both sides, he's talking about the protesters, not the neo-Nazis, not the Klansmen. All of us knew what he was talking about, but they continue and continue then and continue today to force a narrative on us. Go ahead. People in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. 
Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? What, what else can he say? There it is, right there. And they know he's not embracing the neo-Nazis. They know he's not embracing the Klan. So why do they keep insisting that he is? Well, the same reason they kept insisting there was collusion with Russia. That's why. Because that's who these people are now. That's who these people are. So the president did not defend, embrace, endorse in any way neo-Nazis, white supremacists, or Klansmen in Charlottesville. And yet, when Joe Biden gave his little speech, dentures barely staying in his mouth, he would not condemn Antifa. And in 1975, Joe Biden had trouble simply saying, I support integration, I support assimilation, I support still diversity, but I'm opposed to segregation of races. Instead, he awkwardly defended it. And he bounced back from one side to the other, one side to the other. Joe Biden has a lot to answer for. Donald Trump has nothing to answer for. He didn't say what they said he said. Just like he didn't conspire with or collude with or do anything with the Russians in order to win the election. That was the other side. The other side. I don't know how many more times I'm going to have to do this, but apparently it's absolutely necessary because they're going to continue to push this agenda. They're going to continue to push it. And Joe Biden, they claim, is the moderate among us. See, this is how they dumb us down. Joe Biden's no moderate. He's never been a moderate. Why do you think Obama chose him? Because he needed Delaware to win the election? No. Because they think alike. They act alike. They liked each other. But it is interesting now that Obama won't come out and endorse Biden. And you know why Obama won't come out and endorse Biden? Because according to Biden, Biden told him not to. Now listen to this BS. Listen to this. Cut four. Go. If you are the best choice for the Democrats in 2020, why didn't President Obama endorse I asked President Obama not to endorse, and he doesn't want to. He should, whoever wins this nomination should win it on their own merits. Huh? Well, you still have to win it on your own merits, but people do endorse people in the primaries. Ronald Reagan endorsed George H.W. Bush immediately. Immediately. Against Buchanan and anyone else. It is bizarre, isn't it? Why isn't Obama endorsing Biden? I'll tell you why I think. He doesn't think Biden can win the primary. And we know Obama well enough that when it comes to Obama, it's all about Obama. I, 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 me, 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 myself, myself, I, me, myself, me, myself, I. 
And he knows Biden is a doofus. He knows it firsthand. He knows it close up. Maybe he didn't always think that, but certainly long enough as vice president, he realizes it. He puts his uh, foot in his mouth endlessly. And so he's probably figuring Obama is, geez, you know, I'm making 50, 60 million a year. I've got this reputation of being Mr. Nice Guy. Now, I'm not sure I want to link up with doofus over here. So he doesn't want to see a Biden setback as being an Obama setback. That's the truth. I'll be right back. Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. All right. You know what, Mr. Producer? Why don't we start with cut eight immediately? Go ahead. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half. By the way, my- these are all lies, just so you know. Go ahead. National Moot Court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits. Only need 123 credits. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and and, and clean and a nice-looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook, man. Uh, uh, Chuck Graham, state senator, is here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. I tell you what, stand up for Chuck. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. By the way, do you know the website? You know, I'm embarrassed. You know the website number? I, uh, you know, I should have it in front of me, and I don't. I'm, I'm, right. I'm actually embarrassed. The Taoiseach knows a lot about it. His mom uh, lived in, uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. I got to get this straight. Well, I say they're going to start to see unemployment grow uh, this spring. You mean employment? Uh, it's going to take uh, employment. North America is going to be, for the first half of the century at least, the epicenter of energy in the world. North America, Mexico, the United States, and China. The problem with my gas is they're usually true. <laughs> well, at least he'll be funny. Stupid funny, uh, but funny. Uh, God, and they make fun of Trump. That's what 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 a joke, what a tragedy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have the bitter clingers. 
We have the bitter clingers on this Russia thing. And they're all Democrats. We have uh, Tom Perez, the DNC chair, who was a radical pro-illegal alien activist in Maryland, which made him perfect to be DNC chair. He's on CNN today. You've ever heard of CNN? I could be wrong. I predict in 10 years there will be no CNN, or it'll be something different, you know, like an old movie channel. Maybe it'll be an old uh, Stormy Daniels channel. They like Stormy Daniels over there. Over at the Reagan Library, they're sold out. I just saw the email. So they're selling the overflow rooms and the book signing, uh, getting people in the book signing lines there if you want to continue, and I would encourage you to do it because you never know. Um, and uh, that's encouraging. And these other book signings we're having, these three of the book signings, I really hope you show up. You know, my wife is always trying to give me a bottle of water to drink when I'm signing books because she worries about me. And I rarely do. You know why, Mr. Producer? So I don't have to get up and go to the restroom. Because I figure if you're going to stand in line, I'm going to sit there right with you, and I'm going to do the very best I can to shake everybody's hand, hear what you have to say, and sign your books. It's important to get out every now and then, every couple of years. And that's how I do it. Tom Perez, DNC chair, CNN Today. Cut nine, go. We are at war right now. It is a cyber war. Unfortunately, because our commander-in-chief is compromised, the federal government... Ah, shut up, you idiot. What do you mean, compromised? The Democrat Party is the party of the old Soviet Union. When Reagan tried to destroy the Soviet Union and succeeded, his biggest obstacle was the Democrat Party and the media. Now we have somebody called Kate... How do you pronounce that name? Baldoon? B-O-L-D-U-A. This is a CNN host. I don't even know who the hell it is. Do you folks? No, of course not. She's on CNN yesterday. Cut 10, go. I just can't get over this one fact. Why can't the president at this point accept two truths that can exist at the same time? That Russia did interfere in the election. It is reality. And also that he he is a legitimately elected president of the United States. Well, let me ask you, Kate, what's your face, whatever your name is. Why can't you accept the reality that when Russia interfered in our presidential election, that Barack Obama was president. That your favorite, Clapper, your other favorite, Brennan, and your other favorite, Comey, they were in the power positions, law enforcement and intelligence. What'd they do about it? You know, my guest on this Sunday's Life, Liberty, and Levin is the great Ken Cuccinelli, was Attorney General of Virginia, almost became governor, But he's well-known to most of you. He is a brilliant constitutionalist and lawyer and a wonderful guy. And he said that it really wasn't until September, October, till Obama and his administration alerted the states that the Russians were interfering with the general election. And here's why that is a huge problem. Because the states are in charge of these elections, not the federal government. It's state law that operates in these precincts. State law. It's state law that operates at the ballot box. And the states had no time to prepare or to deal with it because Obama held back. There's no curiosity in the media whatsoever. They don't want to talk to Obama. There's Biden there going on and on. They don't want to talk to him. 
There is a Hillary Clinton ghostwriting uh, her own op-ed piece. Nobody wants to ask them, well, what did you do? What did you do to protect us from the Russians? What did you do when you found out about interference? We know what Susan Wright did. She told her IT person at the White House to shut up, sit down, don't write anything. I mean, that's pretty incredible. But Kate, what's her face over at CNN could care less. Then we have this reprobate, this Eric Swalwell of the Walenda Swalwell family, circus family, as I understand it. Long history, the Swalwells. They're uh, tightrope walkers, actually. Uh, and then there's a guy by the name of Ari Melber. I have no idea who Ari, or is it Ari? Ari Melber is. No doubt another genius they found. They have great diversity over there. Marxists, Maoists, Trotskyites, Leninists, Stalinists. Great diversity over there on MSLSD. And uh, Ari Melber. Ari, Ari, did you make your bed? All right, cut 11, go. Are you or are you not maintaining the asset theory, even though a 400-plus page report from Mueller does not document that? All right, all right. the asset theory. Are you uh, maintaining the asset theory, even though the 400-page from Mueller does not document that? Oh, the asset theory. Of course, I'm, I'm grasping onto that with both hands, the asset theory. What the hell is it? Here comes Swalwell. Go. I think he acts on Russia's behalf too many times, and he puts their interests ahead of our interests. Name one, clown. One. He's got more and tougher sanctions on Russia than Obama ever did. Obama's leaning over and giving him him a wet kiss. Uh, You know, wait till after the elections. Be more flexible then. Be more flexible to do it. You know, sell out, sell out. Sell out whom? Uh, crime, you know, Crimea, Ukraine, uh, you know, sell out. Just basically sell out. Uh, just wait till after the election. I mean, I'm going to fool the people. I got the press in my back pocket here. Uh, you know, you know, Vlad. Uh, uh, excuse me. Make sure you tell the Vlad, uh, you know, very flexible. Go ahead. It's out of Syria. He wants to reduce the role of NATO. He continues. He doesn't want to, to reduce the role of NATO. He wanted NATO to step up to the plate. And pay their fair share. And he succeeded. He pulled us out of Syria. And we're not completely out of Syria. And how about your guy, Obama? Here's a red line. No gas. No poisonous gases against your own people. And there they are, blowing them away with poisonous gas. Where's Obama? Where is he? Uh, Nobody can find him. Where's Elmo? Uh, He turns into where's where's Obama? I, I don't know. He's at some fundraiser in Beverly Hills. Well, they crossed the red line. What red line? Not really red. It's kind of pinkish. Very pinkish, as a matter of fact. Go ahead. Pull back sanctions on Russia. He won't tell us what he talked about with Vladimir Putin. Well, why would a president tell a puke like you what he talked about with Vladimir Putin? This isn't what presidents do. They, they talk to heads of state. Hey, everybody, you want to know what we discussed? Who does that? kind of Mickey Mouse candidate is this Swalwell? And why do they keep promoting him on TV? Hey, everybody, Eric Swalwell says the same thing. And by the way, Eric, a little dab will do you. A little dab. Not all that dab. We could run a pipeline into your hair and we'd have a ton of oil. Go ahead. He won't tell us anything about his finances with the Russians. He acts guilty. He doesn't already. have finances with the Russians. Listen to this fool. 
I want to be President of the United States. I'm Eric Swalwell. More Eric Swalwell on CNN Tuesday. Cut 12, go. You think the president should be impeached? Now, this, well, is, this, is, this is what we call uh, the media asking objective, truth-seeking questions. And do you think the president should be impeached? How about this one? Do you think Nancy Pelosi should be expelled? <gasps> what? What are you talking about? Do you think we should have the Pelosi tax return? What, what are you diverting? You're diverting it. No, no, no. You're a dog whistle. Do you think uh, we should get the bank accounts of Maxine Waters? I mean, after all, she and her husband in the past, it's been a little sleazy. Hey, 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 what are you, racist? We're focused here on Trump. Impeach, impeach Trump. Do you think the president should be impeached? And there's, there he is, Eric Swalwell again, like a bad rash. Go ahead. Do you think the president should be impeached? We're on that road right now, and we're, we certainly got closer after the Mueller report. Oh. So I'm one of the persons that will have to prosecute that case. And when I was a prosecutor for seven years. Oh, always... oh, you were a prosecutor? Oh, yeah, and a damn good one, I'm sure. You were a prosecutor? Go ahead. My pencil sharpened, my subpoena's ready, my witness exhibits. His what's you know... ready? What did he say? What's ready? His genitalia? Is that what he said? Oh, subpoena. My prosecutor, my subpoena's ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm running for president. I'm ready to go. My name's Swalwell, the Swalwell brothers and sisters. Uh, yeah, yeah. We used to do a high wire act, maybe solace. Yeah, we're ready to go. My subpoenas are ready. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. Go ahead. Be displayed right before I went in because I knew I'd get one shot. And here, we only get one shot. I only get one shot. This guy is a buffoon. Absolute buffoon. All right, here's the thing. We had a new record in selling out the seats at the Reagan Library in nine minutes and 30 seconds. They track these things. But they still want people to know that they can go into the overflow room. And that means we still do the book signings. I still meet you. We still have a wonderful time. You can watch the event, even though it's remote. It's in person from the Air Force One Pavilion. So that's very, very cool. And you can still have dinner afterwards. And you can still get in line, still have the book. We can still meet. And that's what I'd like to do. So, ladies and gentlemen, like we said, the auditorium is already sold out. You can still come for the book signing, watch on screen under the wings of Air Force One, and still join us for dinner. So we'd love for you folks to continue to sign up, still be part of this wonderful environment, this pro-American patriotism environment at the Reagan Library. Uh, and that, of course, is going to be Saturday, June 8th. Don't forget, Saturday, May 25th. This is all posted. Book ends, Ridwood, New Jersey, one of our favorite bookstores. The next day, Sunday, May 26th. Book review, Huntington, New York, another one of our favorite bookstores. And Barnes & Noble. The great Barnes & Noble bookstore at Tyson's Corner Mall, Tyson's Corner Center, McLean, Virginia, Saturday, June 1st. You want to join me? I'd love to have you. And don't forget, go to Amazon.com. I told you, we're going to have to sell a hell of a lot more books than the next guy because there's a chapter on the New York Times that is absolutely brutal in my book and is absolutely truthful. Truthful. And so they're going to want to push me off their list. Go to Amazon.com, Unfreedom of the Press. It is 40% off. 
book is like $16.80. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good, I think. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. A recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, which negatively impacts our day-to-day life. Mr. Producer, let's see if we can get the new contact there, which includes the direct contact, if you know what I'm talking about. But you can get the best sleep of your life on a brand new set of Bowl and Branch sheets. We just got our second set. They are the softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic sheets you can get in the world. Fantastic cotton sheets. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to Bolin Branch. The only sheets loved by three U.S. presidents. The only sheets loved by me. All their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels, are made with naturally derived products at the highest level of craftsmanship, with attention to detail and quality through every step of the process. And every purchase comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. A 30-day Risk-free trial. Nobody else does that. Right now is the perfect time to try Bowl and Branch during the Think Spring Sale. Get 20% off everything. What's the address, Mr. Producer? At bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L, just checking them. Branch.com, bowlandbranch.com for 20% off your entire order. Bowlandbranch.com. Let's take a look at this. What the Russians got from Donald Trump, dramatically expanded sanctions on Russian companies and apparatchiks, expanded and beefed up NATO, massive increase in U.S. defense spending, restoring missile defenses to Poland and the Czech Republic, returning heavy armored division to Germany, withdrawing from the Iran deal, pre-positioning armed brigades to the Baltics, Ending arms embargoes on Ukraine and Georgia that Obama imposed on victims of Russian aggression. Ending the ban on U.S. oil imports. Uh, Let's see, what else here? Uh, Expedited permitting for construction of LNG terminals to ensure Europe need not become dependent upon Russian natural gas. Now, what did Hillary and Obama do for the Russians? The juvenile reset button. No pushback or consequences for the invasion of Georgia. No pushback or serious consequences for illegal annexation of Crimea. No pushback or serious consequences for illegal invasion of eastern Ukraine. No pushback or serious consequences from Russia's criminal shootdown of flight MH117. Capitulation in Syria, unmet red lines. Betrayal of Poland and the Czech Republic by acceding to Russia's demand to remove U.S. missile defense systems there. The betrayal of Ukraine by refusing to provide it with defensive weapons. Approval of the transfer of 20% of American uranium deposits to a Clinton-connected company, Uranium One. Paying Russian, Russia's Iranian ally $150 billion. Obama's FBI issued a stand-on order to stop Russian hacking during the 2016 election. I, I don't know. How come the media don't... Uh, what's the point? But you get the point. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, bro. 
Broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, you have family members you haven't talked to for years. I mean, you're not close to them, obviously. You haven't talked to them. I have some of those. They wind up in the most curious places. Maybe the White House. You never know. You ever have family members you don't ever want to talk to? Seems like people have people like that in their family. You ever have family members who are too stupid to know how stupid they are? Do you have any of those, Mr. Producer? You have too many to count? I've got one in particular. But I'll educate him. It's just a matter of time. Judge Andrew Napolitano. I'm going to play for you what he said on national TV, so it's not like I'm playing a secret here. And the lib media loves it, and it's all over the websites, all over the place. And uh, he believes that the president should have been indicted. I thought he was secretly indicted. Didn't the uh, judge say that a couple of months ago? And that it was under seal? He thought he might be in the Southern District of New York. I just want you to hear it. Very nice guy, by the way. Andrew Napolitano. But look, I'm fair and balanced about these things. Here's what he had to say. Cut 14, go. When he dangled a pardon in front of Michael Cohen in order to keep Cohen from testifying against him, that's obstruction of justice. Why not charge him? Because the Attorney General of the United States would have blocked such a charge. No, uh, let's, let's slow down. Whatever happened to those secret indictments under seal that you used to talk about, Judge Napolitano? You think the Attorney General would have blocked that? Well, why would, the, why would uh, Mueller wait for Barr to be attorney general? Wasn't Rosenstein the acting attorney general for, for some period of time and Sessions the attorney? Yes. I mean, Barr's the new guy on the block. Dangled a pardon in front of Cohen. Is there any evidence, ladies and gentlemen, whatsoever that Mueller went to the White, uh, excuse me, went to the uh, uh, attorney general, any attorney general? And said to them, I want to indict the President of the United States for dangling a pardon in front of Cohen. Is there anything in the report saying he did that? No. So what is this? This is non-factual, and it's pure speculation. Go ahead. Attorney General of the United States is of the view that obstruction of justice can only occur if you're interfering with a criminal investigation. That's not correct. The Attorney General of the United States, like the rest of us who are familiar with the 2005 Supreme Court decision in the Anderson case, the Arthur Anderson case, were quite familiar with the elements of obstruction, and they weren't met here. That's why Mr. Mueller didn't act. And Mr. Mueller said he didn't act not because you can't indict a sitting president. He specifically said that because Barr said he asked him that, but because he didn't have the requisite elements. That's why. Knowing specific intent crime and having a corrupt purpose. 
And the reason there's no corrupt purpose, and the reason why what's being done here is so damnable, uh, is because the President of the United States could have done all these things and he didn't. He could have pardoned Cohen and he didn't. He could have fired Mueller. He didn't need to go through his White House counsel and he didn't. He didn't do any of these things. The other thing that's troubling about this, as any lawyer should know, let alone a former judge, this is a recitation by a prosecutor. None of this has been tested. None of it. Well, it should be tested in a court of law. Why? If the requisite elements weren't met, why should it be tested in a court of law? Nonetheless, Mueller didn't do that. There was no secret sealed indictment. There was no indictment of any kind. There wasn't any request of the Attorney General whether or not he could even bring an indictment. None of that ever occurred. Why? Because it would wind up in front of the same court, the Supreme Court that ruled 9-0 to zero against Weissman in the Arthur Anderson case. And you'd have a hell of a time convincing those justices, even the liberal activists on the court, that Donald Trump intended to obstruct justice, had knowledge and a corrupt intent when he didn't. Go ahead. Self. But that's not what the obstruction statute says. And that's not what law enforcement believes. And that's not what prosecutors Well, do. it's obviously what law enforcement and prosecutors believe. Because law enforcement and prosecutors wrote volume two. Rather than bring any charges. Rather than even attempt to bring any charges. Rather than even challenge the memos that were at the Attorney General's office and the Department of Justice. There, was, there were no steps whatsoever to even try to convince the Department of Justice that the president should be indicted. So why say these things? They're just my opinion. I have nothing at all against uh, Judge Napolitano. Go ahead. Prosecutors prosecute people who interfere with government functions. Right. And the president did not. And Mueller said he did not. Mueller had all the resources he wanted, the personnel he wanted, had access to the witnesses he wanted, and had access to the documents he wanted. So what are you talking about? Go ahead. That's what the president did by obstruction. Where is this going to end? We don't know. The president did what by obstruction? Where is this going to end? We don't know. Sure we do. This is all about impeaching the president and or trying to uh, derail his reelection. That's where it's going to end up, because the Senate's not going to convict, not based on any of this nonsense. Go ahead. Disappointed in the behavior of the president. His job is to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. That's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what he's doing by asserting, or likely, privileges on these subpoenas. He's trying to protect the executive branch, the office of the presidency, the doctrine of separation of powers from a rogue handful of committee chairmen from three or four cities who are trying to overturn the election results. In other words, Judge, what they're trying to do is disenfranchise 63 million people who voted. They're trying to suppress the vote. Go ahead. Hold and to enforce federal law, not to violate it. Well, he is enforcing federal law. How's he violating it? This is quite a jump, boy, I'll tell you. It's a bridge too far. Go ahead. If he had ordered his aides to violate federal law, 
To save a human life or to preserve human freedom, he would at least have a moral defense to his behavior. I don't even know what that means. If you break the law, there is no moral defense. For example, let's say you rob a bank in order to get money to go to a grocery store and buy enough food to feed your family. That's not a defense. That's not a moral defense. That doesn't work. Go ahead. But ordering them to break federal law to save him from the consequences. He didn't order them to break federal law. If he really wanted them to break federal law, it would have been done. You know, here's the problem, folks. I'll just give you an example. Let's take the case of Don McGahn that I've talked about before. He gave 30 hours of testimony. 30 hours. None of it in front of a grand jury. So none of it is 6E information. All of it could have been put in the report. Two paragraphs or so were put in the report in volume two. Why? What happened to the other 29 hours and 59 minutes? Well, the prosecutor didn't put it in the report. Why? Because the prosecutor put in the report what the prosecutor thought would make the best case for the prosecutor, not for the president. And when you have legal analysts relying on that and not reminding the American people what you're actually dealing with here, it's problematic. Where's the rest of the transcript? Even if there wasn't a videotape, where's the rest of the transcript? That I can assure you there is. There's always a stenographer. So where is it? Why isn't that released by Mueller's office? Because I have enough experience, as does Napolitano, to know they didn't ask him one time, that is, McGahn, you know, did the president ever tell you to do X or Y? They had to ask him a dozen times, maybe two dozen times. Maybe they were browbeating him. We don't know. 30 hours is a long time. Any of you ever been deposed? A couple hours? Imagine 30 hours. Three-fourths of a work week. And they come up with two paragraphs? I'm very suspicious. I'm very curious. Everyone should be, especially lawyers, especially judges, former judges and former prosecutors. It's a very troubling analysis to me, so, so haywire, in my humble opinion. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, the tax deadline passed, thank goodness, although some of us pay every quarter. The IRS didn't nail you for the money you owe, right? You're safe, of course. No, you're not. Brace yourself. Now comes what they call the enforced compliance season, when the IRS actively garnishes paychecks, seizes bank accounts, and puts liens on homes. Now I'm going to give you my direct line to Optima Tax Relief because they're the best. You need to call Optima now because it's critically important to solve your tax problems while you have options. Tomorrow you may not have no options. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from nailing you. Ask about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. And if you qualify, you could save thousands, even tens of thousands. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they have solved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks like you. You deserve a fresh start. Stop stressing out. Call for your free consultation, 
800-499-6300. Jake Tapper. Fake Tapper, as we like to call him on CNN yesterday. Jake uh, Tapper was, uh, of course, a mouthpiece for Marjorie Margolis Mesvinsky. Remember her? She was a congressman for about 12 seconds. In my old district, in Montgomery County, the 13th district, I don't know what they've done to it since, but she was a lefty. And uh, she went along with Clinton, and that blew her out. But anyway, Jake Tapper also was a mouthpiece for handgun controlling. Now he's just a mouthpiece for the left. Cut 15, go. And obviously many administration officials are working hard to combat this. And that is to combat Russian meddling. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, Jake. They're working very hard to combat this. And what are you doing, Jake? Go ahead. And obviously, many administration officials are working hard to combat this. The questions are, why haven't there been more than a couple senior levels principals meeting to coordinate this response government-wide? What, 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 why do you care? What kind of stupid... What is with you, pal? You know, five or six years ago, I had some respect for this guy. But now he's among the, leader, the leaders of the pack. He's just fallen off the edge. Maybe they get bonuses over there for CNN for coming off like Bozo. Bozo the Tapper. Go ahead. Trump's so willing to use his bully pulpit to attack cable news anchors or Saturday Night Live Well, why shouldn't he? He has freedom of speech, and you deserve to be attacked. You're moronic. You're propagandists. Saturday Night Live. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live. I can't tell you how many years. This clown Alec Baldwin... Looks like he, with his, with his facial uh, movements, he looks like he's sitting on a cucumber sideways. Go ahead. Why is he so unwilling to do so on this issue related to his job, related to national security? I, I don't know, Jake. I, I don't know. Uh, of course, you're right on, being as brilliant as you are. You got this, you figured out this whole Russia collusion thing from day one. You didn't say to your colleagues on CNN, hey, sit down. There's nothing here. No, no, no. You were connecting the dots, too. Oh, so many dots to connect. But there were no dots to connect. No, no, no. Our reporting was spectacular. This is the golden age of journalism. No, you suck. You blew it, the whole thing. You're the Walter Durante of journalists. No, 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 no. Yes. What a disaster. All right, Mr. Producer, it's on your shoulders. Either pick out an irregular American, a.k.a. a liberal, or a great regular American, please. KVOR, Dale, Colorado Springs, go. Hey, good evening, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I just wanted to say to our president, thank you so very much for everything you do and your family. I mean, I haven't seen such... Courage and dignity and grace shown by anyone in that office in my lifetime, and I've been around since '57. And uh, I'll tell you, this family has shown a dedication to excellence, to America, to the ideal. It's just—it's unparalleled. It's you know, you raise a great point. He has a great family. Yes, absolutely. He's raised great kids. Yes. You know, and thank God for him. And, I, he, and, and he, hold on now, and he gets no credit for it, none. Uh, he's got plenty of credit uh, in flyover country, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about big mouth country. 
Oh, yeah, well, he's surrounded by reprobates and morons. I mean, uh, this continual nonstop attack and violation of his constitutional and civil rights, I mean, it's, it's unparalleled. I've never seen anything like it. They're doing it to us. Here now, they're not in violation of his constitutional and civil rights, but they are getting to the constitutional problem, aren't they? Yes, they are. And uh, they're going to pay. They need to pay. I mean, this is criminal. It's criminal behavior, what they're doing, the, the tactics they're using, and the crimes that have been committed. I'll tell you what. We're, we're allowing the Democrats who come from San Francisco, New York, that's their representatives, Los Angeles and Baltimore. These are the committee chairs. This is uh, the speaker to drag the entire country down. It is, it, is, it is a relatively small cabal that represents a relatively small percentage of the population. But under our system, they control these levers of power. And they're trying to do that in order to take down the president. Even, uh, even Mueller. Mueller represents nobody. Mueller should never have been appointed. There was no uh, criminal predicate whatsoever. And then you have the media. The media live in the same places as these dark blue Democrats do. The media don't live in uh, North Dakota or Idaho. They don't live in Kansas or Oklahoma. They, that's not where they are. That's not where they're from, the national media. They're the Washington Press Corps. They live and lap up Washington. They're all of the same ilk. All right, Dale. I appreciate your call, my friend. Larry, Evansville, Indiana. Quickly, the great WGBF. Go. Thanks for taking my call, Mark. Um, I want to go back to the... Uh, um speech of Biden when he announced his candidacy. You know, there's another quote toward the end of the speech. He said, if we give uh, Trump, Donald Trump, eight, more, eight, eight years in the White House, we will, he will have forever and fundamentally altered the character of our nation. Now, I think uh, my response to that would be, I think that if uh, we give President Trump another term, I think he's going to be doing a lot like Reagan did to fundamentally restore the character of our nation. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. What he really means is not alter the character of our nation. Alter big, centralized, iron-fisted, progressive, Democrat-controlled government. And that's why they hang on. They hang on like the uh, old Soviet generals. We'll be right back. This is the home of the July 4th Americans. And you can call at 877-381-3811. All right, Car Shield. We love Car Shield here. Whether you've got a five-mile commute or you're road tripping across the country, you want to feel secure behind the wheel, right? That's why you need extended vehicle protection from Car Shield. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a cover repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. If your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate at extended vehicle protection, like I did with our 2010 Camaro. Call their new toll-free number, 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. 
or visit carshield.com. Use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to save 10%. 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com. Use code LEVIN and save 10%. A deductible may apply. All right, let's see what we have here. Wow. Ronald, Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS country. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to touch uh, on a little bit about what you discussed over the last couple of weeks on pseudo-events. Um, when I was Marine deployed to Iraq in 2003, uh, CNN decided to cut and paste some footage and uh, made it look like we were out there murdering innocent Iraqis. Long story short, I came home and uh, I was about to be court-martialed for murder because of what CNN had uh, decided to cut and paste. And luckily those charges were dropped, but um, it, for them, it's just another day, throw it out there, hope it sticks, and uh, let, the, let the people get fed lies, basically. Meanwhile, now that's amazing. Was this a famous case? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say it was famous um, because it never got brought to anything because I was cleared. Mm. And, uh, but for me... If, but it if almost wanted, ruined your life. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. And uh, CNN didn't have to answer to anybody, but I did, even though it was their lie that they were producing. And uh, when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, I should have said something or did something about that. But, you you know, I was 20 years old. I was a corporal at the time. And, you know, I was just happy to be home. But I had to come home and deal with that. And I, I think it's important that more and more Americans see that. And understand that it doesn't matter if you're a four-star general, the president, or it could be, you know, anybody. That yep. the media can use you and uh, potentially ruin your life to, to further their agenda. Mm-hmm. No, you're quite right. I mean, look what they did to these kids uh, from Kentucky a few months back. At least they have a really solid lawyer now taking on these uh, media outlets. Right. Or Duke or, or any place you're throughout right. the country. You know, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, you what, I want to uh, thank you for your service. I'm going to send you a copy of my book, Don't Hang Up, when it comes out so I can sign it for you. And uh, I think you'll find it pretty compelling. I want to thank you for your service, my friend. We've had people waiting a long time. I just want to get to a few more of them. I'm trying to pull it up. Here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's go to Jose, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, live and national. Go right ahead. Hey, how's it going, Mark? Uh, thank you so much for the, the call. Um, I was just going to tell you that... Um, Are you Latino uh, or Latinx? <laughs> I'm actually a Chicano. But, yeah, Latino is the same thing. I mean, uh, So are you a Chicano or a Chicanx? And Chicano. <laughs> well, you know what they're doing uh, now. They're, taking, oh, yeah, they're yeah. taking genitalia out of everything. Oh, yeah. Now, now I'm Hispanic and I vote for Trump. I'm also a racist, uh, Nazi, and... White supremacist. Uh, Yes. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and, and the funny thing about that is that um, they don't know how much I I believe in rights for everyone, and not just for exactly you know, and and that's the that's the thing the big label they give us. Yep. And I was just going to tell you that um, when Trump wanted to run for president, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me! What's going on here? So I wanted to know both sides of the story, you know, like Republicans and uh, Democrats. But CNN and Comedy Central is just, like, way, way out there on the left. By the way, which is which? Exactly. You know, like, it's it just, it just whenever I need to laugh, 
I just um I just watch any of those shows, which I don't. But I mean, <laughs> they're they're just funny. What what anything comes out mm-hmm. of their mouth, they yep. twist the story so bad that you know what? Here in LA, um, even though it's deep blue, well, there's a lot of us waking up and saying, you know what? Enough is enough. They think that we're like very dumb because they just think that just because we're Hispanic that we're all automatically going to vote Democrat. And shows like yours and other programs that I also watch, you know, conservatives, has made me a conservative because of, not because I'm against Hillary, but because of the values and the principles that... Liberty. Even. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that they want to take away from us. They want big... Let, let me ask you something. Have any of those candidates ever talked about liberty? No, at all. It's, it's ridiculous. They don't even... And you want to know why? You can't be free. You can't be a free, independent-thinking individual... Under these 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 programs, these centralized smothering programs, they want to create, and and, and it's just it's just ridiculous. How anything you have here, like in LA, if I was to wear a Make America Great hat, all of a sudden I'll, I'll I'll probably get my window smashed, you know. And it's like I don't wear it not because I'm afraid of the people, but it's just that they're so lunatic that you can't even comprehend like have a normal conversation with them just to hear their side of the story i have so many people that don't even talk to me anymore because i vote trump and i was registered democrat for a long time but that was before i knew anything about politics and thanks to your show i listen to you every day it's a 20 mile uh, drive to my work but it's basically like almost two hours in traffic what, what kind of work do you do uh, i work in a warehouse it's a union shop wait a minute you're not a millionaire billionaire oh <laughs> no no, but my house is, is pretty expensive, so, mm-hmm. you know, because of the taxes that they raise everything, you know, it's like it's so hard to um, to try to, you know, buy a house because of all these restrictions and, That's and terrible. The down payments and the taxes. And I tell my wife, I'm like, we should move to Arizona because I lived over there for a while, you know, but she's mm-hmm. not like, no, she loves Glendale. She loves. Los well, here's the problem. California is beautiful. And there's a lot to do in California and the weather's great. But the libs have taken it over. And, and, and you know what? And in school, when Hillary was running against Trump, and thank God she lost, the, they had an election in my son's elementary school. And everyone voted Democrat. And when Trump won the next day, um, my boys, they're little, you know, third and fourth grade. They said, Daddy, who won the election? And I said, Trump did. And I was like, happy as they It was like Christmas. You know, I was so happy and blessed that he won. And everyone in school was crying. They even had to take a day off from school <laughs> because they were all like crying about it. And like and MSNBC, I, it really bothered me. Yeah, it, it bothered me a lot because I was like, "They're so little. They don't know nothing about politics. Why are they brainwashing them?" So mm-hmm. I told my wife about you, and I, I bought the book "Our Our Police" um, from your dad, and mm-hmm. um, I ordered it through Amazon. And then uh, I called last month, and you guys sent me a, a book from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, another one from your dad. And uh, I have my boys read it all the time. And, and they come to the house and they say, Daddy, um, my friend told me that Trump wants to kill uh, Mexicans. And I was like, just wait there for a second. Think about that. Think if it makes sense what he's saying. And then they're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, exactly. Don't let them brainwash you. And I tell them all the time the difference between Republicans and Democrats. I listen to 870 all day long. They listen to it in the morning. Well, let me tell you, you are a terrific parent. You're a terrific patriot. Please don't hang up. 
I want to give him a subscription to Levin TV, Rich, as well as a book when it comes out signed. I'm a big fan of Jose's here. And God bless you. Lynn, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. First of all. Uh, Second, uh, I was a court reporter for 36 years, although I still have the business. But uh, at any rate, just to let you know, when you were discussing uh, McCann, uh, in a normal 30-hour amount of testimony, you would end up with somewhere between 950 to 1,000 pages at a minimum. All right, hold on now. This is big. So 30 hours of testimony, normal talking back and forth, and so 900, 950, 1,000 pages of transcription. Correct. Uh, It would depend on how many characters per inch. If you put more characters per inch, it would end up with about 1,200 pages. It depends how much. So that's the minimum, 950 to 1,000. Correct. Now, the reason you're calling me with this is because I said that McGann gave 30 hours of testimony. None of it was covered by grand jury because he wasn't in the grand jury. He went to the special counsel's office, probably sat in a conference room, and they had a stenographer there. If they didn't have a video, maybe, but they they certainly had a stenographer there. And And two, or a court reporter, and two paragraphs wound up in the 400 page report. That doesn't smell right to me, does it to you, Lynn? No way in the world would that ever happen. Mm-hmm. No way. And then we have and legal we- analysts on TV focused on the two period. It doesn't even occur to them. They ask where the rest of it is. No way. And in fact, that two pages is possibly, possibly. Two paragraphs. I mean, the two paragraphs is possibly a synopsis that is their uh, compilation of what possibly occurred. And I guarantee you that, I, I mean, more than likely, I'm not going to say guarantee you, but more than likely it's their synopsis of what was said. Uh, I, don't, I did not read his report, so I don't know whether it's actually quoted, but a lot of times when people supposedly quote, what I've seen has, uh, has been quoted is not even really an actual quote of what somebody says because they don't tend to quote the words exactly as it was said in a transcript. Mm-hmm. Well, that is very informative, and I want to thank you for your call very much. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I wish this double chin would just go away. Now, this Mother's Day, your wish is our command. With Genesel's outrageous Mother's Day sale, double chins, sagging jawlines, and turkey necks are real problems until now. Introducing the new Genesel jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology. Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas wrote, I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago. That is the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me, my face looks young. I'm blown away. Sure, you could uh, use expensive or harsh treatments to look younger, but why would you do that? From now until Mother's Day, 
The Genesel jawline treatment is yours absolutely free when you order the classic Genesel for eye bags and puffiness. And with its instant effects, see results in the first 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. A surprise Mother's Day premium gift with all orders. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Or visit Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. You should give it a try. No risk whatsoever. Let us go to Amy, Colorado Springs, XM Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Your new book sounds fascinating. Thank you. Um, I can't wait for it. It sounds like the press have always thought that um, they're better than us, that they can hide things from us. I'm anxious to read the history about it. Um, Thank you. It's coming out now more than ever. And, um, you know, Joe Biden... It's really pathetic that he has to run on race, but he has nothing else to run on. Um, I think Trump can truly... Let's let's slow down a second. You said something actually very important. After all these decades in the United States Senate and eight years of vice president, he really doesn't have anything to run on. You're right. No, no, he doesn't. And Trump... Trump actually could shred him for the last administration that he was in with Obama. All the scandals. He's trying to, to undo, effectively, everything Obama and Biden did do. He's trying his darndest. And so, you know, uh, it, it's just sad that, that Biden has to resort to race, but it's all he has. It's all any of them have. What are they going to talk about? Right, Seriously. exactly. And none, none of us want to go back to the Obama Biden era, I don't think. So, no, but we no. we certainly don't want to go into a new era, you know, of Kamala Harris and uh, Bernie Sanders and the rest of that either. Amy, thank you for your call. Much appreciated. Bridget, Kansas City, Missouri, the great KCMO. Go. All right. So I would just like to point out that Trump has been more transparent than any president that we have had in decades. Not only has he been more transparent, he has been the only guy to stick to more party running lines and actually get stuff done than any president we have had in decades. Mm -hmm. Why are the people so blind? It's because of CNN, NSNBC, ABC. We need to shut off the TV. Shut off your TV and listen to talk radio. Don't shut off my show for crying out loud. Well, I'm talking about listen to talk radio. Yeah. But shut off the damn TV. All right. You got it. You got his lies. All right. Except for 10 p.m. Eastern Sunday with Life, Liberty, and Levin. We have a great guest this Sunday, former Attorney General of Virginia, Ken Cuccinelli. We're going to take a really close look at all this, as only we can, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Julie, Springfield, Missouri, the show me state. The great KSGF, go. First, I want to say thank you for taking my call. A long-time listener. I love listening to you, Mark. Thank I you. I learned so much from listening to you, and I agree with Sean as saying you're the great one. Oh, thank you. Uh, By the way, my wife's name uh, is Julie. Cool. Yes. Uh, it's, I think, uh, a lot of their hostility against him is he's not a politician 
They cannot buy him. Uh, he, they can't control what he actually says to everyday America because he can get on social media and he can say what he wants to, and they can't control what he says to us. And this last they, point is very, very important. And what they, the other thing they can't do, and it's really unique, he's a very unique individual, in the, certainly in this regard, is they can't crush him. He will not allow them to crush him. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't matter. He, he will they not bend tried, to them. They have tried so hard, and it doesn't matter what they throw at him. He just, they cannot. You, you know, what, your points are important. He will not bend, and what they're used to doing to Republicans is training them. You know, like Romney now is a trained dog, pretty much. He knows what to bark to get an op-ed in the New York, uh, in the Washington Compost. He knows how to behave in order to get a nice headline. They train these Republicans like, like they train dogs or they train uh, monkeys, you know. They can't do that with Donald Trump. He won't be trained. He's an independent, independent thinking and acting individual. Thank you for your call. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, all the wonderful folks in law enforcement and the military. Please go to Amazon.com, get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press.